You are listening to the Ask in America podcast on MX Vice. Welcome to episode one of the Anstey in America podcast, where we break down the last month in Max Anstey's life. Obviously, to do that, uh, I'm no good. We really just need one man on the line. That would be Max Anstey. Max, how's it going? How are you doing? Doing all right, Lewis. I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm actually a little bit ill. I, uh, we got back from uh, Texas, Arlington. We had the three rounds there last week. Um, but then I got back on Monday. And um, woke up with a sore throat and was like, oh, no, I've got COVID. Um, went, and got, uh, went and done a test. Um, and I don't have COVID. I just got a cold. So I was negative on the COVID, which obviously is a, is a good thing. But, yeah, from Monday to today, I mean, it's been a few days now, I was, uh, yeah, not, not really doing a lot. So I'm looking forward to getting myself going again. We've got, we've got a couple more weeks. Um, until the next race in Atlanta so I can try and make a bit more progress and some steps forward for, for that but no apart from having a little bit of a cold and sounding a little bit ill I'm I'm doing well uh, that's good I'm very glad to hear that um, completely random I've just realised I've never actually asked you this how many COVID tests are you actually doing at Supercross? Uh, every seven days so every so if we've got a a race with a COVID test lasts seven days, is what they say. So, if for the week long races where you've, you've got three in a week, if we do one on a Friday before the first race, that gets us through the race on Saturday and the race on Tuesday. But then you have to do another uh, another COVID test before you race again on Saturday. So, so you've got to do yeah two a week if you're if you're doing the races. Or if we go when we go to Atlanta. We'll do it again on Friday and then probably on Wednesday or Thursday again before uh, before the next Saturday. So what, yeah, quite a lot. What and you get your result? You get res- your results like straight away then, obviously. Yeah, literally. You so you're in a in a queue of cars. There's like two lanes. You when you get to the track, this is the first thing that you do. Just even get your wristband to go into the pit. Um, you're in your car. You pull up. You give them your your driver's license. And okay, there might be like. 10 cars there but it's, I mean there's never been that busy the nurses come over they they take your uh, take your driver's license or your, your ID or whatever um, make sure you've paid for it and they come back stick the thing up your nose and literally like some of them stick it quite far up your nose and some of them just <laughs> twizzle it around your nose and uh, and then you're sat in your car and within 10 minutes they come back with a with a bit of paper saying that yeah you're fine you take that little bit of paper up to the AMA trailer to get your pass, and that's where you get your pass for the next race. So then that's where you get your pass to get into the pits and, and all that stuff. And it, they've got a really good system because it literally takes, yeah, like 15, 15 minutes from when you pull in to doing that to then going into the pits. So it's pretty easy. Oh, look at that. America just doing great things. Um, so well, how is it the GPs? Is it, is it different then for the no, GPs? Does it take... It's the same thing, but it takes like quite a while. Like, I probably shouldn't say this, but there was one time where I didn't even get a result. Uh, like, uh, yeah. I literally, <laughs> I still don't, like, I just still, I just never got given a result, which I guess is a good sign because if I tested positive, they probably would have kicked me out. But no, America. Yeah, they, they switch our like wristbands. You, so from, from like the, the Saturday race, then to Tuesday, because you don't have to do another COVID test, 
you just go and they swap your wristband over. Um, but then to get your next wristband for the for the next race, it, it, when we did it on we did it on Wednesday, I think, because I went to the track to go and do a cycle, and and we literally went in there. The there's two nurses there all the time, and you can literally watch them do it. And then it's just sat there waiting for it to go positive or negative. You've got about literally ten minutes, and they just give you another wristband. You're like you're good to go again. It's, it's really quick. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's quick, and they do a good job with it. I think a few people have actually failed it though. Um, some of the mechanics did early earlier in the year, and I know some of them, um, yeah, have, yeah, been come up positive or whatever for for COVID. So that's not been ideal. But it's no riders at the moment. I think it's just mechanics. Were you actually shitting yourself on Monday when you got a COVID test? Like obviously away from the race, but were you fully shitting yourself? Um, yeah and no. I was kind of like it's, it's um. $75 each COVID test you've got to do for each one. So that's uh, like in each week you're, you're paying for these COVID tests. So, but if you've had a positive COVID test and you're like past 10 days, then you don't have to get another COVID test for three months because you can get a false positive, I guess. Um, so I was kind of thinking, well, we've got a three week break now. If I was going to get COVID, now would be the best time to get it. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I would have been, I would have been shit myself if we were racing this weekend, but because we've, I mean, luckily uh, it came at the best time. It was literally Monday after we got back and uh, we got three weeks. So I wasn't too bothered. <laughs> so yeah, you've got, um, you've got three weeks now. Obviously you haven't ridden this week because of illness, not COVID, just illness. So what's the plan? Are you going <laughs> to be doing outdoors at some point? Like, I guess that's the thing that everyone's going to be doing. Um, well, yeah, a lot of people are doing outdoors. I wanted to do outdoors. My original plan was to ride outdoors uh, Thursday, Friday this week um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, obviously I got a cold, so I knocked that on the head. But then, um, but um, I did ask the team and they didn't have suspension for me yet for outdoors and the bike wasn't ready. That was last week. So I'm, I'm hoping, I, I, I did speak to my mechanic yesterday um, to be honest, he's having a massive mare at the moment. Um, his son, uh, he wasn't even my mechanic for the last two rounds because his son was actually in Texas racing an amateur race. He crashed and dislocated and dislocated his hip, broke his hip, um, uh, dislocated so his shoulder as well. Or I don't know what he did. He might have had surgery on, on uh, Thursday. So he's having a nightmare. Um, so that's put a bit of a a bit of a spanner to the plan with, with everything. I did speak to him yesterday and said, I want to ride Monday, Tuesday, Supercross, Thursday, Supercross, and then Friday, go to Pala and ride uh, and ride outdoors this next week. But, um, yeah, I, I obviously don't know how that's, yeah, how, how it's, if he's got the bikes ready or not or, or what's going to happen. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping he'll, he'll have everything ready and then someone else will just be able to go out with me because he's definitely having a bit of a nightmare. Wait, tell, tell this story, actually, because I guess no one knows about that. So your mechanic wasn't your mechanic for uh, Arlington 2, it started, didn't it? That, was at, that yeah. actually happened at the race, didn't it? Like, he was at, the, he was <laughs> at Arlington 2 in the morning, yeah. and then it went a bit sideways. Yeah, went a bit sideways. Yeah, no, definitely. So, so, um, like his femur. Yeah, oh, jeez. So my mechanic's son, Lawson, he, he races 14, and he... 
he races like the amateur stuff over here sometimes. And I mean, he's at 99% of all the races we go to. It was just this time there was a, there's a race at Freestone where, where there used to be the national actually. And that's only an hour away from Arlington. So, so actually, uh, one of the other guys from the team were like, Oh, we'll just take him to the race. Um, he can do the amateur race in the morning, then come back to the supercross for the evening. So he can be there for the night show. And, uh, and they were like, yeah, 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 that'll be fine. Obviously, Dave, uh, his dad, my mechanic, will just be with me. So um, he's just going to go to the race with, with one of the other guys. I was off doing track walk. I got back from track walk. And then, and then like, the team were all looking at me funny. And <laughs> Millie comes up to me and she goes, right, uh, yeah, Dave's had to go. Um, and the team were, like, not sure whether to tell me or not to tell me. or Because obviously... I don't know, some riders it can, I mean, at the end of the day, it's what we do and it's, it's motocross and we crash and shit happens. It's not like I wasn't, I wasn't that bothered. I obviously felt, feel bad for Lawson and feel bad for Dave to have to go through it, but it happens in what we do. So, um, yeah, he literally, I went off to track walk, like everything was fine, came back from track walk and didn't have mechanics. <laughs> so, um, I was like, oh geez. But in the end, the crew chief, my crew chief, Clark, um, <coughs> he, uh, he ended up stepping up and and being my being my mechanic for Arlington two and three, um, which was great. He he you know he did a great job. He's the next best thing, um, and uh, yeah. So it actually ended up being fine, but not not an ideal situation for them. Well, yeah. it, it obviously worked because Arlington three was um, sick. I guess I guess is the only way to put it. Thirteenth uh, in the main event, which was obviously far and away uh, best so far this season. But I think like. Like, okay, it was 3am when I was watching it live, so maybe I was seeing things or whatever. But <laughs> ignore the result. Like, the times, like, every lap, you were kind of like, okay, 13's great, whatever, but you were kind of on the back of that top 10 train. If you, like, uh, Tickle and Freeze, you were kind of matching their times, and, like, you weren't, you were kind of like, I feel like the top 10 wasn't that much further of a leap. Like, it's closer, or it's obviously closer than it's been, but I feel yeah. like it's really close. Yeah, no, I mean, I got I got a really good start in the in the heat race, um, and put myself in a good position. I actually, ended up passing Roxon back on the second turn, and then he got me going through the woods. So, like, I actually had a a good little race going. Definitely started stepping up. Um, I, I had to be very conscious of there were some big jumps there. Like the rhythm sections were big, so you had to make sure you respected them and didn't do anything too silly. My, my game plan was respect the rhythm section, make sure you're clean, and then let it go in some of the turns and have a bit of fun in the sand section. Um, I, I still didn't want to do anything silly um, going through the rhythms. And, and then going into the main, I just bloody, oh, just wheelie coming over the gate. I mean, my start in the heat race was great, so I, I know I can do it. I just, I don't know whether I just wanted to get a good start a little bit too much or uh, or whatever, and I, I just wheelie, and then I, I'm having to come from, I mean, come from the back, but obviously in this class, there's not much moving that I'm, I'm doing. I'm passing a few of the guys, and I got into 13th, which is fine, but I definitely feel like if I can start inside the top eight or so, I could, yeah, be somewhere around that top 10, um, and just go with the flow of those guys. Um, <clears throat> because definitely early on in the race, they they spread out pretty quick because the track's so short. 
everyone gets like bunched up, especially at the back. If you're not jumping the big rhythms on the first two laps, you lose so much time. But yeah, I definitely feel like we're closer and I'm yeah, going in the right direction. So we're, we're getting there. I reckon, um, obviously, Arlington Freebie, your best race. I reckon that says something about your natural supercross skills because that track was far and away the, the most technical track of the season maybe the most technical track in years and yeah in your position you'd think that maybe that would put you off and like that would be a struggle for you and you'd be like oh shit but actually that brought out in the best in you because then you can use your natural jump technique and just your natural flair for that sort of thing more so than on the flat out tracks where everyone's doing the same thing and it's like less technique and balls involved yeah it, it, it's, it's weird really because it, it's actually a bit like I, I, don't, I don't like to compare it but I, I do compare it it's a bit like bloody riding around Lawnmower when you go to Lawnmower and it's mega bumpy it's kind of the same thing you've got to you've got to respect things you've got to time the sections you've got to you've got to ride precise and and that's kind of the way that it it, it was there in Arlington Three, um, even from the first lap of practice, like I think even the team, like everyone was like, even my friends back in back, back in England, uh, they kept me and were like, oh well, yeah, we thought you were going to struggle at this one because you, you see how many quads there are and and things like that. But to be fair, I actually, I I I know the Americans are all very good at the jump. So it's not like I'm the only one that can do the jump. They can all jump the jumps. But it just because it's hard for me, also it's also hard for them. Like I could see them make mistakes, which was which was quite good. I'm doing the same jumps. Like I did all the same rhythms pretty much. I did I did everything the same as what even the top guys are doing. The only difference is the top guys are able to push through those rhythm sections slightly faster. It's not that I can't push through it. It's just at the moment I'm actually forcing myself not to push through them because you can see what happened to Hunter Lawrence. Like you overjump something, then you go straight up into the net. That could have ended up. But you see, if that net wouldn't have been there, I know, I know they, you know, had these nets in place the last couple of years. But if that wouldn't have been there, they'd have fucking landed straight on the concrete. That had been that could have been it. You know, yeah, like sure. job done. Or if he'd have overjumped that going in a rhythm section then you're hitting another jump. Like I saw Davalos crash in, in practice. He, over, uh, you know, the, the second rhythm section where he went three and then like four or five, whatever yeah, it was. You either went the over the table or on the table. <laughs> well, his front wheel went over the table. His back wheel didn't. And he, he was like a little bit leant back. Like it threw him forward. He hit the double like on the front wheel and just flew into the burn. I came round over the finish and I was like, fuck, that's a weird place to crash. He's like crashed on the start straight. He's not on the, he didn't crash on the start straight. He crashed on the rhythm, but he ended up landing on the start straight. I was like, oh shit. When I actually saw the video back from it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's not what you, uh, what you want to be doing. But yeah, they, they were making mistakes. It was, it was a, it was definitely technical, but yeah, I, I seem to, I, I, I seem to, I liked it, you know. I, I feel like I'm gonna be good at. I'm good in those conditions. I'm I'm good at supercross. I feel like I'm only gonna get better. I feel like it's it's a bit like I don't know spending not much time riding in the sand, but then you know I get into the sand. I'm like, oh, I like riding in the sand. So 
it, it's a weird kind of feeling. I'm, I'm, I definitely, I definitely can take things, a lot of things that I've learned from EPs, a lot of things that I've learned my whole career into the supercross, but definitely the way that you have to be precise. Um, yeah, it's not like, it's not like riding around a, uh, an easy, a GP track or a Czech Republic or, or wherever where you can just pin it and go flat out like an Argentina or whatever, where literally it's just, you, you sit on it and just give it some. These tracks, if you, if you get a tiny bit out of shape, you're, uh, yeah, you're upside down. So no, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it and and making the best of it and I and I feel I don't know it's just a feeling that I I feel like I'm gonna be I'm gonna only get better I'm gonna be good at this this is just uh, this is just the beginning at the moment I'm just getting warmed up. So um, you mentioned starts and I've kind of I've kind of bugged you about this a few times but this genuinely I feel like this is genuinely interesting. Tell me about this thing you've noticed about people shifting out the gate with their heels because. I didn't know that was ever a thing, and I genuinely find it, I genuinely think that is interesting. Well, it it's it's been a thing for years. I've noticed it, and and I've seen fucking Jeremy McGrath do it back in the day. I'm pretty sure, like you put your boot in between the shifter, and you can either heel shift, like shift with your heel, or or you can shift like where your boots in between the shifter and the the foot peg. Yeah. Roxon's really good at it. Roxon's good at it. Dean's really good at it. Dean Wilson's like definitely got that technique down. Um, I know, like the the thing with the thing with the starts over here that I've noticed. Obviously, like everyone's bikes are really good, and the metal grill definitely makes everyone closer, like it does in GPs. But outdoors over here, when when it was uh, when it was like prep your own gate, I felt like I had a bit of an advantage because. I can prep a decent gate. Um, whereas, yeah, the American riders let their mechanics do the gate and their mechanics don't have the feel for it because they're not actually riding the bike. They don't really... I mean, some of them do a good job, but yes. Um, but definitely, <clears throat> Metal Grill makes uh, everyone closer. Then, after the gate in Supercross, it's... It, like, in GPs, it's either ripped or it's flat and it's perfect. Um, whereas in, I was drinking then, um, or, or, uh, whereas here in Supercross, it's like super, super, super grippy with a fucking bumpy little rut. So it's weird when you go over the gate on a 450, it's so easy. And because your gearing is so short, it's not like, like in GPs, your bike's pretty mellow. Whereas, these supercross bikes are so bloody aggressive. As soon as you get over the gate, you can tell yourself all you want to stay forward and, and like make sure your head's over the handlebars. But literally, it's so easy for the front to come up. And then it feels like you're falling off the back. As soon as you shut off or you, you're on the clutch, that's it. You, you know, you're, you're getting a, a bad start. So the shifting, I've noticed like a Cooper Webb, who do one start where he puts his feet on and one start where he does his little leg shift. And I'm like, okay, right. That, that's a, it's a weird technique because I don't, I didn't have that technique in, in Europe. I used to start one foot up in Europe, but no one does that here because the ruts after the gate are quite deep and long. That's the reason why um, they go mainly with both feet down because it's a hell of a lot easier to keep your balance um, over here when 
<coughs> you've got both your feet down because the ruts, yeah, they, they don't they don't prep them from the first start you get to do is in time training the the second time training and then they never prep after the gate like it, it's yeah ten meters after the gate or whatever that they they prep so it really makes a big difference if you've got a decent gate with a straight rut that's why like you've seen some things of Roxon like he, he may be qualified not great in the heat race and then he's, he looks like he's got a good position on the gate but he's getting a shit start well that's probably because his gate's got a load of holes in it and it's horrible so it's it's really yeah it's different it's definitely different from GPs where they, they prep it literally straight after the gate and it's perfect over here the shift is definitely something yeah but I don't know i got to work on it a little bit and I'm learning it's just the bike's very aggressive and the track the ground is very grippy and yeah just figuring it out whether to do that leg shift or put your feet back on because I've never really done the leg shift and it's a bit of a weird thing to do when you're in a race straight away and you've got to try and do it without thinking you know what I mean what about um uh, bike setup wise obviously when we spoke before the start of the season uh, we talked <laughs> about making your suspension stiff like the Americans blah 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 it turns yeah. out that when you actually got to the races you needed to go even stiffer though wouldn't it like there's jumps and everything are so much steeper than Lake Elsinore or wherever else State Fair or whatever yeah. else is around yeah. now yeah so I mean the the tracks that I've got to ride on have literally been State Fair which is Star West um, yeah if any of the English guys have ever come out here they've changed it now to State Fair Elsinore and Hemet, basically. And, I, and I've ridden up at Mumford a couple of times. Um, but not one of those tracks are anything like, uh, yeah, anything like the, the racetrack. It's, it's almost like, I don't know, going to Fat Cats on a, on a easy day when it's flat and then going to Lommel GP. It, you, you can't really, all right, it, there's the same kind of thing. You, there's some jumps on the track and, you think the ground is relatively similar, but it's, it's nothing like when you get to a racetrack and you've got all those guys, the ruts and the ramps, like the, the steepness of the jumps are just, I guess because they've like, they've just built the track. It's not like settled in. I, I know it sounds weird, but yeah. like, like the, the jumps are like notchy and like lumpy. Whereas the practice tracks, because all they do is back, back lay them all the time. They just flatten them, flatten them, like grade them, grade them, grade them. They're so smooth and nice that it's like it gives you a false sense of, oh, yeah, I feel really good around the practice track because there's not a single run and everything's real mellow. Um, and obviously, I didn't, I kind of expected it, but I didn't necessarily know. Um, so yeah, going into the into the races, I mean, I know I missed obviously the first few, but yeah, definitely I was I I was off um, with the setup. Which the, that's the disadvantage of maybe having a teammate that is experienced enough. Like like my teammate at the moment, he's he's a, a two fifty guy just come up, and then my other teammate Adam is a rapper. He's been injured now. Yes, yeah, he's been a rapper. What does but he know? He, I mean, he's been injured since I got back. The the time that I got back, he's actually good at setting it up, like setting the bike up for him. Um, and he does know a lot about a lot about the bike. But there's still a difference between I don't know having a 
uh, it's like like being Dean and having Jason Anderson as your teammate or or Osborne as your teammate. They've they've got the settings. What I'm talking about is they've got the setup and the settings from the years before, the races before, that you know you're in the ballpark. Whereas I'm kind of like trying to go, yeah, I feel good, but I don't know what good is. Like, I don't know what good is at, at a practice track because I don't know what it's going to be like at a race. And the other thing is, if no one bloody trains with you on Supercross, like, you go to the local practice tracks like Lake Elsinore and, and Star West, State Fair, and there's, like, privateers. There's no decent people to actually gauge yourself off of. I mean, maybe the star guys will come out every now and again, but, but that's about it because they're all riding on their own test track. Yamaha have got their own test track. Honda have got their own test track. Kawasaki have got their own test track. But no one really rides with anyone in Supercross. So it's very hard to gauge yourself. You can't just boat along on a Wednesday and like see if you're quick or not. And, and you, it's very, very different from, from being at the races. And yeah, it's, it's hard because we, we've switched suspension uh, companies and the team don't really have a, a base level of okay, yeah, this is performed in the top top five or whatever before. Um, we know this is great. I'm kind of doing that work, and I'm inexperienced. So, so what we did in in Arlington, like, so we did we did the first one in Orlando, and I was very like I'd only done two days of riding. I was struggling. Like, I I definitely felt like I was. Under, way underprepared, shouldn't have even been out there. Um, but we made it into the main event, and I got some laps in. I kept the bike the same as in practice, but I really tried to take as much information, and I went, okay, yeah, we're way off now. Or not, not so much way off, we're way too soft, and we need to be more aggressive. We need to be, we need to be able to hit things up harder. Um, like, you know, when I'm watching some of these guys, now I know the feel of it. Um, so we went stiffer, 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 even into Daytona, which everyone told me, oh, you're going to go softer for Daytona because it's an outdoor style track. Well, Daytona was the steepest, weirdest, ruttiest, like gnarliest track. I supercross track. I, I, yeah, I've obviously ever ridden. I mean, it, it was just weird, very different. And then, so I ended up going stiffer and stiffer and stiffer there. And then I ended up going stiffer again. For Arlington, um, Arlington won, went, went stiffer again and kind of felt I was, I was really stiff for Arlington one, but felt like, I felt awkward. I felt like I couldn't really ride the bike that well. Like I was like, ah, it was just, I couldn't really race it. And I, I felt really weird. So then we ended up going from Arlington one to Arlington two, still, the same stiffness, but just slightly different configuration. Like actually they made it a little bit softer on top, but was the same middle, uh, a few other little bits and pieces. And it was like, wow, actually this made the bike a lot better. I could actually race the bike now and had a good feel of it. I felt pretty good in the woots, which Arlington one, I felt like I was slow in the woots. Whereas Arlington two, I felt like I was (coughs) okay. Maybe not like, Malcolm Stewart, but I was, 
I was around, you know, when I was riding McKicker and, and Vince Freezy and those guys, I wasn't losing time. So I was, I was actually able to just get, get through them fine, which as a European and someone that's new to Supercross, everyone goes, oh, the weakest part's going to be your weak. Yeah. I don't really know how to do them. But I, I didn't feel too bad. And then I left the bike safe for Arlington 3 just so that I could get some laps in with it. Um, at some point, you've got to like stop messing around with it and you've got to just get on with it. Um, so I left the bike the same just to try and build some confidence. And, and again, I actually felt pretty good in the woods. I felt good in the rhythm section. So, <laughs> so yeah, it definitely made progress. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have done this at the first races, you know, when in Indy, well, where I was supposed to be, but <laughs> obviously being injured, it pushed things back a little bit. But we're making progress and the team have done a good job at, at going that direction with me and, and figuring it out. But it's definitely, yeah, I mean, I think by the end of the Supercross season, we'll probably be at a setting where I'll be like, oh yeah, this is all right. Let's, let's leave this for, for, yeah, you know, next race we do. But, you know, then you've done the whole year and things progress again over the next year. But, <coughs> choking. You're all right. Um, you sound yeah. like you're dying. I am. <laughs> just my bloody, my throat's been fine. I've just got a cough now when I talk too much. But oh well, I'll be oh, great, t- great time for a podcast. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think I was. I, I, I didn't think I was going to be coughing, but yeah, I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm fine. It's impressive. Anyway, no, no, you're doing well. Good. You're doing well. So hold yeah, up. So you talk about South and everything. A common thing in America that every, every rider says, every industry person says, is obviously you have three 10-minute uh, practices or whatever. Everyone yeah. always says that you don't need three or American riders don't need three because um, by the third, second lap of the first free practice, everyone's got the lines down, everyone's got it sussed and like whatever at that point. In your position where you're new to it and you're figuring things out as you go, if I told you that I was pulling one of those 10-minute sessions and, um, and you only had two, would that be like a uh, wait? What the fuck? I need I need that extra ten minutes. Or do you or do yeah, you feel like by the at, time you get to the last one, are you kind of sussed? No, that's what happened at bloody Daytona. I I didn't get to do press day um, for some oh. reason. Press press day is the the Friday before. Like for some reason, it, it, it's weird over here. Like I guess uh, every team gets certain amount of press days, but. I was supposed to get press day in Orlando, but because it rained, they cancelled it. And just because they cancelled it doesn't mean you get to go on the next one. It just means you missed that one. So, so I didn't get to do press day in Orlando, but we got the three practices. So we had a free practice and you get two sighting laps and, and all of that. So like I, I made the most of it there. Then in Daytona, Daytona was my second race. Well, I got put in the A practice because obviously I made the main and, and was fast enough in the A practice where you want to be. Um, but I didn't get to do press. So they had all ridden pretty much the whole, nearly the whole track apart from that last rhythm section. And uh, I tried to go and watch press it and got told off. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hold on. I was out there. I literally slipped on, was walking around the track, like watching everyone. And then some guy came over to me and was like, you know you're not supposed to be out here. You've never been there. You've never been allowed out here for press day. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I said, this is my first time. I said, I've never been to Daytona before. This is my second race. I said, I thought I could just watch. No, you can't watch. And now you can't do the track viewing tomorrow because because you've looked today. I'm like, what? Why? I said, I said, 
So, so the guys that are riding today, they can't do track viewing tomorrow. Oh no, they can, they can, but they're riding. I'm like, so they can ride, but I can't watch them ride. And it was like, and I was like, oh, anyway, I was like, oh, I don't know. He wanted you to, he wanted you to watch me. Press Day like um that Netflix film where they they walk around with blindfolds on. What is it, Bird Box or whatever? That's what he wanted you to watch Press yeah. Day like. <laughs> he wanted you to walk around yeah, the outside well, of a track with a blindfold on. <laughs> I I just thought I could. I could watch press day, but nope, guess not. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I got told off for doing that. Then the next day, it rained a little bit, literally just sprinkled. Well, actually, when we got there, there was like a thunderstorm warning, but it, it missed Daytona. I thought it was going to absolutely empty that. And I was like, I was like, sweet, this is one or two ways. It's going to absolutely piss it down and be brilliant because everyone's rolling every jump. So that'd be great. <laughs> or it went the way that they, it missed it, literally sprinkled for five minutes. But they cancelled the, the free practice. So we went straight out on, into a 10-minute time training. Well, I went out in this A practice. <coughs> so I'm lined up next to Tomac and some of these guys. Went off the start, went left, right. Then literally tripling, hitting the whoops flat out, doing all the rhythms on the first lap. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I've got a hell of a lot to learn now. Like, I've got to put a lap time in within 10 minutes on a longer supercross track. So it was over like, it was a minute and 15 seconds or whatever, however long it was. So I basically got eight laps to figure this track out and do a decent time. Well, that goes by really bloody quick. And literally, I, I got three laps in, did a base lap, ended up, my hand came off over the triple, ended up crashing my brains out, but ended up landing in the sand. So I was all right. I, I literally... I cased the triple, my hand came off, and I just swapped. If I'd have been on, like, hard pack, I don't know what would have happened. Like, I literally landed on my head massively. But I, I ended up landing it on my head in the sand section, and, and it was fine. And I was like, oh, sweet, I feel all right. <laughs> um, but the bike was completely smashed up, like, handlebars were bent. So I got about four laps in in the first practice, and thought to myself, right, I really, really, really need to take my time down and take a step back because this is very, very intense. Like, there was ruts in every single ramp. There was triples and, like, super steep sections. And I couldn't even... The issue was, I was trying to go fast, but I was still figuring out what bloody jump was coming up. Like, <laughs> do I triple this? Or do I go double triple? Or or what do I do? Um, so it was, it, it was very confusing. And especially being on a 450, which, which is something that... I, I guess not. You don't really figure until you, you're riding a 450. Well, I I raced 250 Supercross back in the day, like back in 2010. Yeah. I did a I did the West Coast series. Well, what I remember from that was Supercross. Oh, it's great! Like your first heat of the the night, or even your first practice. The track is lovely. The burns are pretty nice. There's tiny little ruts, maybe. There's like nice whoops. You can hit and flat out. The rhythm sections are great. Everything's fine. Well, when you get there on a 450, the track is absolutely fucked. Like, you've had three lots of 250s on it, and then you get there, and it is hammered. Like, it is literally like a bomb's gone off in the woods. I remember going around the track for the first lap thinking, I, I don't actually know where to go in these woods when I get, get to them. Like, do I skim them, or do I try and jump them, or what do I do? And, uh, yeah, definitely when they took away that, that eight-minute practice in Daytona, that put my back against the ropes with it, uh, <clears throat> um, with, with getting into the track. But 
again, I, I had to just make the most of it. I felt like, I mean, that, that day, we had two 10-minute practices, a six-minute heat race, and a 20-minute main event. I, I literally had 35 minutes of riding on the track by the end of the night. And I thought, geez, by the end of the night, I was like, I've just literally figured out what I'm doing now. I'm just getting warmed up. And it, it's crazy how little time you get on the track, but how fucked you are when you're finished. Like, it's so intense. Doing a six-minute race feels like, like sitting there on the sofa, you think a six-minute race, what is he on about? Like, easy, like, I do 20-minute motors as my warm-up for outdoors, like, like it, all day long. The six-minute motor, you're, I, I come off the track, and I'm like, I, I literally cannot even breathe. I'm like, whoa, it's just a weird, like, it's, the intensity is so high. And also the forces on the body are high. Like, the G-forces from the rhythm sections and from the jumps are very different. It's like, the, the body stress, I, I don't know, it, it's just weird. It's, it's just very, yeah, it's a different, different way of looking at it. And definitely being on the 450, the track's a lot more hammered than, than what I remember it being like when I was younger on a 250. This is a, yeah. on a similar note, I'd imagine that this would be a bit like of a, a shock to the system. Obviously, um, in the night show, you get a sighting lap before the main event, but you don't for the heat race. So... Yeah. You're, so you've seen that you've last been on the track uh, four hours ago when it was daylight. Uh, since then, yeah. since then, there's been the final two 450 practices, uh, two 250 heat races, and then maybe one 450 heat race. That first lap of the heat race, are you just kind of like, well, who knows? Who knows what's coming up? Uh, let's just <laughs> close our eyes, have a go, and maybe it will go all right. Like, because I'd imagine, I'd imagine well, that must be quite sketchy. Yeah, like, so, so this one in Arlington 3, right, I, you went off the start, you went left, and you went double quad, really. Like, that was the quick line. But the quad was fucking big. The quad was big, very, very, very steep. If you cased it or overjumped it, it was not good. And, <clears throat> like you said, you... Don't get a side lap. So you don't know if if the tractor or the digger has literally made the angle 2% steeper or 2% more mellow. It makes a massive difference. But like, if you go around slow, you can figure it out. So you can go, all right, right, I, I might not have to hit that quite as hard. Or, But yeah, like I, I was sat on the start line and I thought, if I hold shot this, I don't know what to do there. Because if you don't jump it, because the, the issue is, as well, the, the other issue is if you don't jump it and someone jumps it behind you, they're probably going to land on you. So you you kind of got to jump it if you're in the position to jump. But it's very, very big. Well, I came around the first corner in second, right? But with Webb, we went double. And he went for it and I went, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I went double quad. And But you, what you've got to do, <coughs> which is, a lot easier said than done when, when you're sat on the start line the pressure's on the lights are on the people are there the flames are going off you, you're literally like you've had a few hours off but you're on that start line ready to go and you've got to trust that in a split second you're going to make those decisions because you can't plan what to do 
Like, you can't plan, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do that because there might be someone in front of you and someone might not jump at someone, you know, you, you don't know. So you, I, I literally went into there, turned, and made that decision right then and there. It's like, okay, bang, you've just got to be good at decision-making. And, uh, and, and yeah, it, it's definitely um, very different. And not having, I mean, to be honest, not having sign lap, okay, that is what it is, but you come around on that first lap. And like I said, I remember being the first heat race on a 250 years ago, that's dead flat perfect. Well, if you're second heat race on a 450, the whoops are absolutely hammered. There's ruts everywhere again. The track's horrible. And you're like, okay, they've literally graded it, but there's been three races before you, track, track's already fucked. You're like, okay, I don't even know what to do. Like, again, going through the whoops, do I jump them, do I skim them? And the same thing, like, I went to the the main in uh, Arlington 1, and I did a side lap, and I tried to find a good line in the whoops, and I couldn't even find a good line. But I guess, I don't know, I guess I guess that's what some people must think when they do a sight lap at Lommel before the second motor. <clears throat> you know, if you're on a <clears throat> 450 and you're, you're, yeah, you're not that experienced out there, you'll probably ride around Lommel and think, oh my God, where the fuck am I going to go? But I can see where I want to go or how, how I want to do things. Um, so I guess it's just learning and getting that experience. But another thing, back to what you said about... Um, Back to what you said about uh, the practices, like, like will, uh, like, do they get the track down in two laps? Even Roxon, Roxon, Tomac, uh, a lot of the guys struggled at Arlington three. Like, it took them to the last practice to get all the rhythms done. Like, we, we go back and watch it on film, and Millie actually films me, but I can see a lot of the other stuff going on, and and the guys are really trying to figure it out. Like, it's not. It's not like they just get everything done straight away. So that was actually not an eye-opener, but it was a, an actual confidence booster for me because I found the track hard, but I got the jumps done, but they also found it hard. All right, they might have done it one or two laps before me, but, but still, it wasn't like they did it on the second lap, like, like you're saying. It, it's a lot of the stuff, they have their rhythms down and like they, they know what they're doing and they are very relaxed, but definitely that track at Arlington 3. It, it made people think. Yeah, definitely. You are, um, yeah. you are, you are like a bit of a student, aren't you? Like you, you watch and you take things in. Like if people, I'm sure everyone who's been to a GP, like back in the day when you were a GP rider, it'd be like five minutes to go before the MXGP moto and every rider would be like sat on their bike or stood behind the gates just looking out. Except for old Max, who would be a mile away yeah. on the <laughs> furthest corner of the track and you'd look at him and you'd be like, well, how the hell's he even going to make it back to the start line? Well, anyway, my point is, you tried this, didn't you, at Orlando and tried to just like have a little nosy at one of the corners and you got told off there oh, as yeah, well. Told off. Yeah. 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 See, that, that's the hard thing over here is, well, no, I, I, with that, preparation, I was taught from a young age, preparation is the key to success. And I find obviously confidence and, and uh, knowing, like in GPs, I'd watch the 250s from out on the track. Um, one, I, I did that for two reasons. One, it would actually be a warm-up, so I didn't have to sit on the spin bike, so I could go and uh, actually like yeah, warm up while I'm walking around. Two, I could look at the track, 
not necessarily to figure out where to go, because in GPs, there's more than likely only one or two good lines. It's, it's more to figure out where not to go if you get a bad start. So, like, by that I mean, you get a bad start, sometimes you'll try and rail around an outside, but the rut might have pushed off the track. So, you don't, like, if I know that, fuck, this place you've got to, like, just take your time, follow, or, yeah, okay, there is an outside there if you need it, and if it gets bottled up, just pin it around the outside. Um, yeah, and obviously with Supercross, it would be nice to see a little bit more, but I mean, I'm just watching it on the TV like like you are. Like literally, <clears throat> we're all in in the staging area in the uh, in the tunnel. So <clears throat> we're all sat there going like sat on our bikes. They won't let us go and sit in the stands to watch. There's no rider seating now um, because of COVID. So we're either watching it on our phones, sat on the bikes, or there's like a little TV down there. So Again, you are very, very blind going into the to the first heat race. So yeah, I mean, it's good that there's the sight lap for the main, but yeah, for the heat race, you're I'm seeing it just as you are basically. Uh, you're obviously on vlog life now, as is everyone, <laughs> and um, a lot of questions, a lot of questions <laughs> that I had when I uh, put out asking for questions for this. If there's anything that anyone wants to know, uh, I've seen it in your YouTube comments. Everyone wants to know what the backstory is between your healthy but borderline unhealthy obsession with cars is because obviously everyone ah. saw the Daytona vlog and I think there's a lot of questions so I feel like no one's really like I could have gone on the press conference and asked you about this publicly but I feel like now's the time like what everyone ah. wants to know because it's out there now it's no longer a see it's out there <laughs> well cars if you've not seen cars one, this is three, already making me laugh this is already making me laugh <laughs> yeah well you need to watch cars one two or three they are very good films I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They're just, they're just very good. I, I like the cast film. And going into Daytona, literally, it just made me feel like I was at the Piston Cup. So, so yeah, it, it was just, I felt like I was like the queen getting ready to go and, go and race. If you haven't seen Cars, you need to go and watch Cars and then you'll understand. If you haven't seen Cars, film. then Max will never respect you until you have. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, kids films are good. I like the kids films. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, what's not to like? Was Daytona as cool as you thought it would be? Like, obviously, it's a kind of like I feel like for people in Europe, everyone wants to go to Supercross, and after Anaheim won, uh, Daytona is probably the one that people are like amped for. Yeah. Um, you've done Supercross, but 2010 you were West Coast guy, so Daytona was way out of your remit. So was it like what you thought it would be, or as cool as you thought it would be, or was it a bit like, oh, this isn't yeah, really what no. it's shake out to be? No, Daytona was very cool. Like, I thought it was going to be like Aston. Like, I told Millie, I was like, all oh, right, yeah, we're going to Aston this weekend. It's going to be great. I'll, uh, I'll be great. Like, yeah, everything will be, everything will be fine. Like, we got there and it was just absolutely massive. Like, it is not like Aston at all. The, the, the track, the, the stands, the, the NASCAR turn is just unbelievably big. It's just everything is absolutely massive. And it's Daytona Bike Week. And to be honest, I, didn't, I don't even, I haven't got to see it in, you know, without COVID being completely rammed. It, it was busy, but, you know, there's no fans in the pit. So it's not, it's definitely allowing me to focus just on, on what I need to focus on. But still, when you're sat on that gate, 
looking up at that great big wall of of yeah the NASCAR turn and the I don't know the big structure the seating area I don't even know what it is but it is, it is huge um, yeah definitely definitely something special and uh, yeah like you you got to go it's it's one of those where I, I don't know like a lot of these races even even Arlington like that stadium is nothing like I've ever seen before like I thought yeah I don't know I, Anaheim I guess because I've been to Anaheim since I was a kid like I watched Anaheim when I was seven years old out here in America and I watched with Carmichael and, and Jeremy McGrath and people ride around there I'm kind of Anaheim is still Anaheim like Anaheim is mega and a full Anaheim, you you struggle to beat that. But these ones have been very different. Like I I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely this Arlington one. The stadium was absolutely huge. It's just weird. Like you're riding down the street to get to the track. So at night you're going into the race, and it's pitch black outside. There's like cars going down the road. You're riding down the road in the bike lane. And it's just weird. Like. And then you get into the stadium, it's just absolutely massive. And yeah, Daytona. We like it was very windy as well, like at Daytona. I was sat on the on the gate for the main and you're like, We gotta jump these jumps and it's like blowing a gale through it. I mean, there was a massive storm coming in, but <laughs> it it was just it was just very yeah, it, it's just a lot to take in. Very weird and but very cool. Like definitely something that if you get the chance to go and Go and do Daytona is is mega, and that one in Arlington, the the stands were were great there. Um, Orlando, yeah, that wasn't as <clears throat> that definitely wasn't as big, uh, or as or as cool as like yeah, Anaheim or anything like that. But Texas was cool, and and yeah, Daytona for sure. So when you look back at the last uh, month and a half, yeah, I guess Orlando too would have been a month and a half ago. Um, when you look at the progress you've made since then to Arlington Free, are you, is it like the progress you expected to make? Is it more progress? Is it less progress? Like, how would you map that out as far as your progression from um, your debut to now? Um, good. I oh, mean, good. yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like, I, I'm not, I'm not silly in. I didn't expect it to be easy. Just watch the races. They are, they are all very, very good. Um, so I, uh, uh, my goal at the first one was just, I mean, to be honest, I, I was so underprepared going into the first one. I, I felt like I shouldn't have even been out there. I was trying to just get ready for Daytona, but in the end, I'm glad that I did Orlando. Um, cause I got in the main and I got some laps in, but, uh, yeah, learning that the plan this year for Supercross is to kind of do what I did last year for outdoors, which is put myself on the map, like get myself in there, learn, take the information, progress each week, but try not to step over the line with things like like with the rhythm sections. And I, it's, it's a lot easier said than done in Supercross. You know, you, you could quite easily just fucking have one little mess up and, and that's it, you're on the floor. Um, but yeah, the progression has has been good. I, I I don't think I mean, yeah, I don't think it could be in any quicker or or like I'm I'm not gonna just sit still. I'm like you said, I'm a student. I wanna I wanna learn and that's what I'm here to do. And if I wanna be competitive in this class in the future, in Supercross, 
I I'm having to learn pretty quick. I know that right now I'm yeah okay getting a thirteenth. Ooh great. I I'm not here to do that. I want to be inside the top five. I want to be battling up there. But I'm also not silly. That's a lot easier said than done. These boys have a lot of experience. I have zero experience. So I'm getting that. I'm getting my laps in. That's the most important thing. And I'm just trying to piece things together as good as I can, learn each time that I'm out there, and make progression. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do I think that I will be competitive out there? Yeah, I, I, I will be. But is it going to be this year's Super Cup? I mean, we've only got a few more weeks left. Probably, you know, I'd like to get, I'd like to step up and be a little bit better than what I am now. I'd like to get inside the top 10 if the opportunity presents itself and I get a good start and I have a good race and I feel good. But it's not necessarily about the actual result. It's about the way that I feel and my performance. Like, that, that 13, I actually felt like I was racing and I felt pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually had to pass a few guys I, uh, and I felt like the performance was good um, for, for where we're at. Does it need work? Yeah, I, I need to definitely be, to be better, but don't we all? And at the end of the day, yeah, it's my fifth race, so give me a little bit of time and I think we'll be competitive. I, I, I think it's been good. I, I can't, yeah, I, I don't think I was going to get I don't think I could be any further ahead um, unless, I, I, yeah, I mean, unless unless I, I knew that, like, you could give me settings from, okay, right, yeah, this is what fucking Bubba used last year and, and the, bike was, the bike was great. He won all these races. You've got the exact same bike. Here you go, go and race. Then I would think, okay, I'm not where I want to be. But at the moment, I, I think I'm progressing with a bike and I'm progressing with myself. So that's all I can ask for, really. I was actually going to say that when you were talking about suspension earlier on. That's where the whole GP thing of a WP guy will come up to you and be like, yeah, Herlins has just done this and now he's doing this, whereas so-and-so is doing this. That would come real yeah. in handy in Supercross. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And definitely, definitely because I, I don't, I mean, I keep saying it, like, I don't know what I'm doing really, but I, I kind of, I do know what I'm doing. So I know what a bike needs to feel like, but I, it's certain things like with the whoops and with the jumps, I don't know whether it's technique or whether it's, but then again, sometimes you just got to fucking get on with it and, and just make the best of the situation. It, it's a tough one. And yeah, I mean, that would definitely help, but yeah, I, I, we don't have that. But the, like I said, the team are doing a good job at making the best out of everything that we have. And making sure that I'm getting better each week. You know, I, I don't think, again, if you'd have given me the the best setup in the world at the first race, it probably wouldn't have worked anyway because I'd have probably been too slow. It's like, I know this from GPs. Like, you, you test a bike and you ride the bike two seconds too slow. The bike feels terrible. Whereas if you push the bike to its limit, the bike feels great when you've got the right suspension thing. So it, it's one of those where... Yeah, we just I'm just figuring it out. I'm getting better, the bike's getting better, we're all it's all packaged and it's all going in the right direction. So yeah, that's all we can all we can hope for now we're going to Atlanta. Atlanta's gonna be different for everyone because no one's been there. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that. And <laughs> you said earlier, it's a day race, which I didn't even know, which is gonna be quite good. Um again, different, better for me that it's a bit like that. So we'll take it as it is and, and yeah, we'll make the best of it. This is the first time that um 
you've had to manage like the end of Supercross, but also the Nationals coming up as well. So obviously you want to hit certain goals and make a certain amount of progress before Supercross ends to kind of set you up for 2022. But then also Nationals is coming up and you can start that season healthy. You can start that season of round one. So have you kind of got a plan? Obviously you said what you're going to do, what you want to do riding wise, but as far as like shifting the focus to outdoors, is it at the moment, is it like, right, Atlanta and Salt Lake, Atlanta and Salt Lake, like that's your, all you're thinking of or already is it starting to creep into your head that like, well, Hangtown or whatever the first round is, uh, is coming up like, eh, yeah, well, that's going to, I need to start thinking about that. Nah, not really. I'll, I'll be, I'll be fine at outdoors. <laughs> I'll be, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be good there. Um, I, I think uh, focus is, you can only focus on one week at a time. At the end of the day, you can only focus on one race at a time. John plan too far ahead. The plan will bloody change. So it's, it's, yeah, I, I feel like body wise, I'm going to actually be coming into a really good spot by, by outdoors. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I, I haven't spent, you know, cause I had that six weeks off, um, with the injury to my back and, and my hip and all of that stuff. Then I got thrown straight into racing. Like I did, I did two days of riding, got straight into racing without really doing much training. Then I haven't really been able to do much training because we've been racing, 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 racing and riding a little bit as much as we can. Um, I feel like, yeah, I've, I've actually got a bit of like, I mean, the first few races I was dying. But I've got a little bit of bike fitness, I guess you can call it now. But like even today, I went cycling. Like, oh, is that my headphones? It's just beep. Um, I I went cycling today, and and I I feel like I'm yeah, I'm not a strong cycling. I'm not as strong in the gym. I'm going in the gym tomorrow, but like I I've barely done what I really would have like what I actually did before the season. You know, before I crashed. I actually felt like I was at a really good level. So this kind of six weeks that it kind of put me back, put me back, yeah, in a way of like I've missed bike time. But now it's put me back because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm as, you know, I, I mean, like you always want to be perfect. You're always comparing yourself to like how good you have been. Like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely compare myself. So I'm like, oh, I know if I've done this training program and my heart rate's up this, then I'm going to be, really good because this is what I was when I won Mali or, or whatever. Um, again, that's the, the student thing. I've, I've got a lot of notes on all that stuff, but I don't feel like I'm at that level yet. So again, these couple of weeks, I wanted to work on a lot of that gym stuff. Like this week, I was supposed to work on a lot of gym stuff, but I've been ill. So <laughs> it kind of put the, put again, things made things go a little bit slower. But to be honest, it's not a bad thing because I'm going to have a good bit of prep riding-wise and intense-wise from the Supercross. Then I'm going to have four weeks after the Supercross ends um, to go back to the drawing board, work on some stuff that I need to work on, get my base work done with the motocross, which already my 20-minute high-intensity speed is going to be fine. So I need to work on a little bit of the longer endurance stuff. And then I think going into outdoors, I'm going to be starting to get really, really fit and really good. Whereas a lot of these guys, um, like your, your Roxons and your Webs and all this stuff, like right now they're peaking. They're, they're literally like, they're, they've been training for 
but months before the season and and pushing, 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 they're definitely definitely up there. So it's hard to then have a little dip and then go again for outdoors and be at that same high intensity level. So I think for me, I'm actually coming into outdoors in, in a in a good in a good way. But again, I say all this stuff, the plan can change a million times before we even get there. We've got how many races? Five, five races yeah. left. Um, yeah, we've got five races left. You know, you can't not focus on the five races left, but anything can happen. So I've got to make the best job of them, do the best job that I can to to, to get through them feeling strong and fast and then, you know, stick to the plan. Um, and then, yeah, then, then we'll go into outdoors and we'll see where we are. But I think outdoors will be all right. I, I, I'm not, it's, it's another weird thing. Like I'm actually riding my outdoor engine right now, even Supercross. So my outdoor engine that I rode in 2020, um, my Supercross engine package isn't actually any different. Um, so that's going to be the same. My whole package of the, the, the chassis of the bike, the balance of the bike is all exactly the same as outdoors. Um, the only difference is the suspension. So the suspension is a bit stiffer and Supercross style. And I actually did some testing after outdoors last year um, and got a, a decent you know, outdoor setup going. So I think I should literally be able to whack my outdoor suspension in and just get on with it. And, and I'll be a hell of a lot further and there will be a lot less testing than, you know, what there was last year and what there is going in Supercross, what there was going in Supercross. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be all right. So you're dying and so are your headphones. So last thing, last thing. <laughs> are last... They, are they, do they keep cutting out? No, you're fine. We, like, even when you said they beeped, there wasn't any noise. So you're fine. But, oh, okay. So last yeah. thing, um, random one. So another question I've had on my mind. So your vlogs, uh, Max Ancy on YouTube. Everyone should go check them out. Before, wait, was <coughs> before Orlando 2, was it? Well, yeah, before Orlando 2, you went riding at Rattrays, but somehow you ended up oh, in yeah. the Baker factory with, like, I've been to the Baker's factory. I've, I've actually been there, like invited to go there. There was a massive yeah, bloody gate. I had to put oh, yeah. a code in to get in, but yet somehow you just drove it. Drove yeah. <laughs> How? Yeah, I went How? around the gate. Did I, you I actually go around, around it? it? Yeah, on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so what happened was... Um, Dustin, my team manager bloke, sent me the pin of the track, right, that we were going to. Well, I kind of guessed that we were going to, well, no, I think he told me we were going to Rattray. But then a part of me... You, you just wanted well, to go to the I Baker's had, factory. <laughs> no, no, I had no idea that the Baker's factory was there either. But then, like, a part of me, I don't know, I've watched them videos. I don't even know what videos it was, those Moto Spies and whatever. And I just figured that Actually, was something to do with bakers. I had no idea. So anyway, I pulled up and the pin was just on the side of the road. It looked like a, a swamp. So I was like, nah, that can't be it. Keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. <laughs> we, we literally drove, drove around the corner. And then I was like, oh, that looks like a load of tracks. Let's go in there. So I turned, well, I think Millie was driving. I don't know if I was driving or whatever. But anyway, we turned left. And I was like, okay, there's a big gate here. But there was a little grass line to go around the outside of the gate. And I was like, Ah, that must be it. I'll go around there. <laughs> so went around the gate, drove all the way in, and then I saw a big BF on the on the, the big building. So I thought, oh, that must be Baker's. That can't be 
where we are, but maybe it's in the same bit of ground. You'd never know. Like, there's a load of tracks here. Maybe they're just they're just riding on that track, and maybe we're riding over here. So I went left. I went over to this track. <laughs> then there was a load of huskies and stuff. And like, I don't really know anyone. See, like, so I'm not like, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not ready. I'm not at that level yet where I can just put my window down and go, all right, yeah, I'm at the right place Um, because I feel like no one really knows who I am. (laughs) Whereas if I was in Europe, it would be a bit different. But but then, so I was sat there and I phoned my team manager and I go, right, I'm I'm at this orange track. There's a lot of huskies here. Is this it? And he goes, no, you've come to the wrong one. So I ended up, yeah, driving into Baker's. I turned around and then I ended up going back down the road and where the swamp was that I was supposed to turn in, I ended up, like turning the next little road and then I found Baker uh, then I found Rattrays so <clears throat> we went into Rattrays and it was absolutely rammed like Baker's was just like all the pros like all the good good guys and I'm not saying that they weren't really good guys but fuck me it was just full of privateers and like I mean I'm not saying that they're hackers but Jesus <laughs> some of them are scary um, so yeah, I mean, to be honest, most of them ain't going to listen to this anyway. So, no, it's fine, um, it's fine. No one will listen to this, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, oh my days, like, we got in there and it was absolutely rammed. There was like a billion people and I was like, oh God. You, you went, all right, everyone, I'm going to go back to the Baker's factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what I wanted to do. But no, I got out on track. Track was absolutely hammered. And I mean, he's got a really cool place. Like, Ratcho's got a cool place, but there was that many people riding around there. It was, I mean... Looking back, it was actually probably not bad practice, but um, I was like, just flew in from California the night before I was like, if you say that I'm jet lagged, it was 8, 8.30 in the morning when we had to get there. So that meant it was eight, uh, about 5.30 in the morning, California time. So I was like half asleep, then trying to go riding. I was like, oh, okay, this is not a good day. Then I hurt my back because it was literally the second decent day of riding I'd done. I got, I got out on track. I hadn't really warmed up that well because, again, it was super early. My back bloody hurt, and I was like, oh, I was so angry. I was literally like, this is a complete waste of time. Why am I even here? I might as well just go back, do some training, and get ready for Daytona. But you know how it is with sponsors and teams, and you've got to be doing, you know, if you're, if you're somewhat ready, if you can ride the bike, then you yeah, sometimes you just got to get on the start line and, and perform because people are expecting you to do that. So, it, you know, sometimes you can't always do what is best in certain situations. You've kind of just got to bite the bullet and get on with it. And, and in the end, it actually worked out very well. I was only, after that day, the, the team and I had come to a conclusion that we were like, okay, we're just going to do press day. Let's just do press day, not race. Let's see how we go. Press day got cancelled because it rained. Then they were like, okay, let's just do practice. See how we go. Well, in my head, I'm a racer. I can't just go to the race and do practice. So I did practice. And then I, I won my practice, which was the B group. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to work now. So I might as well, might as well go, and, go and race and see where we're at. And that was it. <coughs> That's where we, we started. But yeah, Baker's Factory. <laughs> so when you were in the Baker's Factory, no one actually stopped you and shouted at you? Or like you didn't no. actually see anyone in there? Well, no, I saw these these husky guys, but I think they were 250 kids and I don't know any of them and I don't really know any of their names and I think it was mechanics. They were looking at me a bit funny and I just parked up right out the front and I was like, oh, this must be the track that I'm riding. I thought, oh, the team must not be here yet. Um, but yeah, I, I sat in the car. I didn't actually get out of the car, but 
No, very cool place though. Very, um, very, very cool. You'd place recommend it. <laughs> Maybe needs a few yeah. more fences out front, but apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll, um, I would like to have a ride around there one day. So I can, uh, yeah, hopefully soon. <laughs> All right. Well. Have you got any final words? Anything on your mind? Anything, anything that we've missed? Anything on your mind? Anything from cars to riding to the weather to anything on your mind? Well, the weather's just got hot here now. It's just literally, in California, we had about, I would say about five days of actual rain. And now it's back up to 28 degrees. It's like, okay, yeah, it rained for a little bit. Yeah, okay, so like it literally, I don't know, it's just the weather's so good over here. I know that probably doesn't, you know, that's <laughs> good great. For someone. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> but, um, no, I don't know. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, this week, not a lot's gone on, but I'm looking forward to these last ones, getting, getting stuck into it. Um, and yeah, I think we'll, we'll be in a good position. We'll keep plugging away and, uh, yeah, catch back up with me in, in, a few more weeks when we've done a few more races, probably after uh, probably after the Atlanta rounds, maybe or in between one of the Salt Lakes. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how we're going. Yeah. So um, we're going to do this podcast every month. Is a plan. Who knows? Maybe it's going to take off. It'll get a million listens, and we'll end up doing it every two weeks. Who knows? Maybe. Yep. But Bye. that's the plan. Um, so by my reckoning, the next episode, people will be. Between Atlantas, no, not between Atlantas, between Salt Lakes, maybe after Salt Lake, because maybe we'll push it back a week just to do the whole of Supercross, or maybe before Salt Lake. Who knows? But yeah, we will keep you up to date. You can follow Max on Max Anstey on YouTube for his vlogs and all of that good stuff. You can follow me on places if you oh, like. Did I mention? Did I mention that I just want to get this point across? Oh, God. America is like racing over here is bloody cool. Like, I know, I know, obviously, uh, you know, you can say living the dream, but geez, sometimes I am sat on that start line to race you. And, and I know, like, I watched the, I watched the video um, of Mally, literally, Millie got it up. Now we're, now we're keen YouTubers. Um, <laughs> she got, she got uh, Mally up the other day, and uh, I was watching, obviously, like, that is something special, and, and you're never gonna, I'm never gonna top of that in racing at home with with my fans but racing here in America I don't know I just feel I feel at, not not obviously completely at home because I don't have you know even friends and family or we, you know me, me and Millie have literally come over here as our own little team to, to go and take on America and but I I do bloody love it like I love the racing I love just actually, I don't know. I feel like being in the American Supercross stuff is much more a bit of me than than what the GPs were and are. I mean, not saying that I'll ever race a GP again because you know, never say never. But I I love GPs when I was doing them, but I do bloody love doing this Supercross stuff. So it's um yeah, just thought I just thought I'd say that. Yeah, you just kind of make <laughs> me want to go and throw myself off a cliff, really. <laughs> no, it'd be all right. Give it give it a few more give it a few more weeks, maybe months. Hopefully, the you've had your vaccine, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'll just rock up. <laughs> get on a plane soon. You can get out here. No, it, it's definitely. I don't know. It, it 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 is something special, and and I'm really, yeah, I'm really 
I don't know, just to be given the opportunity to race Supercross has been, uh, it's been torn. And I definitely think that I'm not, I'm definitely not at the level that I feel like I can be. I feel like I can be competitive in, in Supercross, even maybe more competitive than what I was GP because I, I feel like it's what I was kind of meant to do, um, <clears throat> weirdly. But yeah, you know, I think um, I'm loving it. Oh, okay. You've you've done. I was I was ready to end, but I just need to ask you one more thing now because you brought it up. And I'm coughing as well. I, I, every time I, I get to the end of what I'm saying, I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah, it just basically sounds yeah. like you just yeah, you're gonna drop. But it's fine. Now you've made you've done this. So if I remember right, you could have gone to America the year that you did stand in. I think I think there was or there was definitely talks. Like there was little little rumblings going around. Do you regret not doing it sooner now? Now that you're actually out there and you're set up and everything's rolling, do you regret not doing it sooner? No, it, 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 to be honest, it's not. There was rumblings, yeah, you can talk about it, but it's like it's like ninety nine percent of all the other MXGP riders that say they talk to an American team and want to come to America. It's it's a talk. It's not actually. It's like an idea that you have with yourself and you talk about it. And you go, oh, that'd be a cool idea, but to actually do it is is really difficult. Like, it, it's different when, when you're younger and you come off a 250 to go into a 250 over here, um, you're kind of a lot less set up. You might have just moved to Belgium. You might have just, you know, you, you're renting a house anywhere or whatever. But when you're a bit older and you're on a 450, you're, you're very set up in what you're doing and, and also have so much experience in GPs that, I don't know, it's very hard to make that to make the transition I'm the way that it happened with standing and with then uh, us getting married in America and then having the opportunity to test the bike just an hour away from where we were getting married two days before we we got married uh, it, it, I don't know it's just I don't know do you want to call it fate <laughs> yeah, I mean you could do if you like yeah it, it's just it's just one of those things that You've got to take the doors that open when, when they can. And, and when in 2019, or going into 2019, I remember talking to Gautier, to Poland. Um, we were at a track, we were at Helicine actually, um, one day. And, and I said, oh, I'd love to go back to America. And, but, you know, I, I said, oh, what about like stupid things like getting a car and getting a house? And, you know, what am I going to do with all my stuff in Belgium? And, and what are you going to do with this? And like, uh, how's it going to work? And, and uh, how am I going to get, you know, back to, I don't know, be, being in America or, or whatever. And, and he, he just turned around and said, if you have the opportunity, just go, just do it and you'll figure the rest out. You know, and, and hey, when I was younger and I was over here, you know, I, I lived over here from when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And, and then from then on, I spent a lot of time, um, Oh, my headphones still alright. I spent a lot of time. Um, I spent a lot of time over here in the winter training and things like that. And but yeah, as you as you go and you you go from year to year on a four fifteen, you're you're just going from team to team and whatever. It's it the getting back to America full time to to race and and be you know in the Supercross is gets further and further away. And yeah, like I said, it's always been something that I wanted to do and, and trying to get over in 2019, I would have, yeah, I would have done anything if the opportunity was there, but 
it was nothing more than talks. It wasn't like I had a contract on the table and it was like, okay, yeah, you can, you, you can 100% do this. The only reason that I'm here now is because we came to America. Millie wanted a, a summer wedding. She was either going to pick Italy, France, or America. She ended up picking America. We were in America, and the team that I'm on now, Twisted T, HEP Suzuki, said, do you want to come and test a bike? It's an hour away from where you are. I said, yeah, okay. Uh, went over there, tested a bike. The only reason I got this deal was because I went and tested that bike and did road supercross. Because when you're in Europe, no one cares. If, and the only thing they care about is, can you ride supercross? And the only way they're going to see you ride supercross is by coming and doing a test. The Americans are very big on doing a test and they do lap times. They video everything. And if you're good enough, you get a deal. If you're not good enough, you're on the plane back home. That, that's basically it. Like a lot of these teams, whether it's 250 and 450, you hear about them like, like with Shimoda and all this on the, on the PC thing. Yeah. They literally bring you to the track, to a test track. They sit you on a bike. And if you do a good lap time, better than the other guy that's there, you're on the team. That is basically it. And that, that's, how it, that's how it works. And, and you're not going to get a guy from Europe that says, oh, yeah, I, I kind of want to go and ride in America. But there's so many other good kids over here that they're going to take that can ride supercross. They, the only reason it works is because we were out here to get married. And I decided, yeah, I'm going to go and test this bike. I rode the bike. And they said, geez, he's actually really good at supercross. And uh, that was it. Job done. Now, now I've made the transition, but it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not easy to make that transition. When you're a kid on a 250, they they look at it differently because it's like okay, you can learn supercross, um, and you know you've got a bit of time. Whereas when you're a bit older on a 450, it's like you need to either ride it and be good at it, or yeah, don't bother. Well, so I'm really happy. Two things were fate. Lightning McQueen was supposed to win the Piston Cup and you were supposed to go to America at the end of 2019. What an inspirational way to end. What a, yeah. That's going to make people feel better. So, I guess, that, I, 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 I guess that's it. Uh, episode one of the Anstey in America show is in the books. We will be back uh, end of April. End of April. And, uh, yeah. Subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes and all of that stuff, and then you'll never miss one. So that's it. See ya. See ya.